This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on the show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we explore the world of your mind and sports. This show is about sports psychology. It's about the mental side of sports, and I talk about topics on this show every week pertaining to what's going on in the world, what's going on in sports, as it affects you as an athlete, as a parent, as a coach, as an official, as a fan. And we explore these topics because that's what we do on this show. We get into your mind. And I've had the privilege of being in practice for 41 years. I do this show to bring up topics that I think are of value to you as a fan, as a, as a competitor, as a coach, as an official. And we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. If you listen to the show, you know I've talked a lot over the last few weeks about mental health, and we're going to talk about that today as well. You know, I've been fortunate enough to work with so many wonderful people throughout my career. I've worked with the Olympic team, with professional teams, with collegiate teams, high school teams, youth teams, club teams. We've talked on this show about the role coaches have, and I want to delve into that today as well. You know, in the past week and a half, another coach in the National Women's Soccer League was accused of something and let go. Paul Riley, who is the coach of the North Carolina Courage, was fired uh, several days ago after multiple players came forth with allegations of sexual concern and graphic interviews. Now, the question is, how often does this stuff really happen? You know, this is the fourth coach in this league who's been let go or removed for a variety of issues. Abusive coaching, abusive treatment of athletes. And what happens is when a collegiate or professional coach does it, we see it too often. It gives the, it allows coaches at younger levels to do the same thing because they go, well, so-and-so did it. Why can't I? So this happened a couple of years ago when University of Iowa basketball coach lost control of his behavior at a game. And then later that week, there was a youth sports basketball coach who stormed an official and stated, well, the, I, you know, the University of Iowa Hawkeye coach did it. Why can't I? 
coaching behavior more than anything else impacts the kids that they're working with. I've shared on this show many times when my sons were younger, they're now 31 and 30. I saw coaches get abusive. I saw one coach grab a, a, a 11-year-old baseball player after he fell down trying to steal, threw him against a fence, at which point he was then, I, I yelled at him and he dropped the kid and then yelled at me and then was confronted by his first base coach, what are you doing? But just like in any area of society, there are people who probably shouldn't be doing what they do because psychologically they're not together. So you have this guy coaching a women's professional team accused of inappropriate behaviors. Several players came forward and mentioned he's attempted to or tried to have sex with them or did have sex with them. And the abuse can't be ignored. It's got to be dealt with. You know, the league is now talking about this. They canceled all their games last weekend in light of this. Several teams are now taking a moment in games to not play to make awareness of this. But abuse, mental abuse of athletes is inexcusable. Mental abuse of anybody is inexcusable. When you sign up your son or daughter for a team, you put your trust in the person who's guiding that team. When your son or daughter goes to school, you put your trust in the school and the principal and the teachers who are teaching your kids. One of the issues with coaching is that, and I've, I've talked about this forever, and I'd love to hear from you if you don't agree with this. I don't think a lot of coaching programs really get into the mental aspect of what they do. Now, a lot do, and a lot more are doing it now. But the impact a coach has on a player, the impact a coach can have in a negative way, just as much as in a positive way. I'm here in Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid, is talked about a lot by players as somebody who listens to them, cares about them. I've worked with many coaches throughout my career who have been very open-minded to talking to their athletes, to hearing what's going on, to want to know how they can help them. I've also been around some coaches who didn't. And, of course, I wasn't around very long because they didn't want somebody like me there. I mean, I once had one professional coach of a professional team tell me to get lost. We don't need people like you here. You just make people weak because we talked about how they dealt with stuff. So what do we do about it? Do we train coaches in the art of coaching? Yes, we, we coaches go through training seminars about how to coach. But what are they told about how what they say and what they do affects their athletes? And where is the where's the border? Where's the boundary? Where's the place where you have to say, I can't go there? I've dealt with this personally myself. My youngest son, Gregory, swam for the Kansas City Blazers swim team. Our head coach, Pete Malone, who coached for close to 40 years, one of the best people I've ever been around, had an assistant coach who, his name was Craig Ivancic, who was my son's coach, who we discovered 
was trying to have sex with one of the swimmers. He was my son's coach. Everybody loved him. I was with him two days before he was caught. What happened was he attempted to make sexual advances through the Internet with a girl on the team. And what ended up happening was she was smart enough to tell her parents. They turned into the FBI. They set up a sting operation. And they arrested him. He ended up going to jail. Recently just released. He was there for a long time. That young lady, who I have to tell you, I admired the heck out of her. She's now a physician, as a matter of fact. She did come and work with me for quite a while about this, as did her parents. Lovely young lady. She knew it was wrong. But this coach, everybody loved him. What ended up, he had a history of this, but he hid it from everybody. She was intelligent enough, smart enough, brave enough to come forward. So I'd like to open up our phone lines today. I'd like to hear from you. If you have feel you've been on a team with a coach who's been abusive in any way, I'd like to hear from you. And what did you do about it? Were you too scared to do anything? Were you afraid to do anything? Or did you speak up? I had a high school basketball player who had an assistant coach throw a ball and hit him in the back of his head for throwing a ball out of bounds in a practice. You've got to speak up. You've got to express yourself. So I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear from you. You're a coach. You're an athlete. You're a parent. Give me a call and let's talk about this. If you've dealt with this, how have you handled it? What have you done? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hope you're having a nice morning today or afternoon if you're listening to the show when it gets rebroadcast later on in the week. I've been on the air for 30 years here in Kansas City. I've talked about topics, a lot of different topics throughout my career. But this issue of, of coaching abuse is is one that's uncomfortable to talk about. It's difficult to discuss, but it's got to be addressed. In light of, as I, I started the show talking about the coach uh, Paul Riley of the North Carolina Courage National Women's Soccer League was fired last week for allegations of, about have, trying to have sex or having sex with, patient, with, with, with players and abusive behavior. So if you have an abusive coach, what do you do? I'd like to hear if you're a parent and you feel your co- the coach of your son or daughter goes over the line. Do you speak up? Are you afraid to say anything? Are your kids scared to say anything? How do you handle that? It happens a lot more than we know. It happens a lot more than we know because people don't want to say anything about it. They're scared to speak up. And these professional women soccer players have a lot of have a lot of guts because they're speaking up now and talking about this. Alex Morgan, who's one of the stars of women's soccer, has spoken up. They're, they're talking about how this is unacceptable. But where does it start? It starts at younger ages. So do you, I'd like to hear from you as a coach. Do you go through training for this? 
do you go through training about your behavior when you coach your athletes? If you, if you are a coach, I'd love to get your thoughts. Do you get trained in abuse, in setting parameters and limits with with your behavior? Or are you not is, – is sort of just sort of mentioned briefly in a coach's education program. It's not really dealt with. I'd like to hear from you. If, and if you're an athlete, if you feel a coach goes over the line with what they say to you or treat you, do you speak up? You know, most athletes are too scared to speak up. They're too scared because they won't get to play. They'll get stuck at the end of the bench. They won't be treated right. And then they'll look embarrassed. You know, a lot of coaches who do this, they're very manipulative. They know how to treat the athletes and get them to fall into their little prey. I'd like to get your thoughts on this because it needs to be addressed, not just at the pro level or the collegiate level or the high school level, but at the youth sport level because that's where it starts with a lot of these people. Blake, what do you want to say about it? I think one of the it's, – it's, it's, it's – ah. It is interesting, sorry, I had to wake myself up there, um, because one of the prime examples that we've seen, especially recently outside of, uh, outside of this recent event, was um, in the Olympics with Simone Biles. And I actually had brought this up uh, on a different show here on Sports Radio 810, that when everybody was talking about Simone Biles, and she, she originally was calling it mental health, and everybody was calling it mental health. And I had brought up the point, well, does this have anything to do with bringing up bad memories of her entire and, and uh, a lot of the gymnasts' interaction and entire history with former Michigan State coach and Olympic coach or uh, Olympic doctor Larry Nassau? Larry, Nasser? Nasser. 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 And um, when I brought it up, uh, some people kind of poo-pooed it at the time, but she then eventually came out and said that was the one thing that was the driving force behind her entire, uh, some people call it a breakdown. I, I call it exactly what you say. It, it's uh, trying to handle mental health. It, it was her being thrust into the, the limelight in a position, in, in a um, just kind of a traumatizing setting that she had already been in before and maybe never having properly addressed everything that had happened. So all these feelings come rushing back. So people wanted to people wanted to talk negatively about her when she had something so traumatic happen to her that when she finally got back to to the area where all of that had actually happened, it was almost impossible for her to even compete. Well, that whole situation is so sad. And so many young young ladies were damaged by this man and what's amazing is that there was over a hundred before it, it was exposed and it's about fear Blake it's about fear people are scared to speak up because that person has control over what they do I mean sexual abuse is a, is a disgusting issue um, but it's one that needs to be addressed especially in sports because here it is at the professional level these are professional athletes who have been abused by their coach. But it they didn't speak up. It happened until finally it came out. They didn't speak about it when it happened at that moment. It finally came out eventually. Why does this happen? It's about fear. And it's about a lack of integrity and honesty by a lot of the people who coach. And so I think there needs to be much better education, 
much better exposure, much better discussion at the training level for coaches. Because if this doesn't happen, I think what's going to happen is that a lot of problems are going to keep going on. Now, if you're a coach, you're a guide, you're a mentor, you're a director, you're an instructor, you're a friend, you're a listener, you're a disciplinarian, you wear many hats. You know, we hear all the time about the role coaches have in people's lives, positively and negatively. And it's difficult for a lot of, for young athletes especially to speak up because a lot of them don't know they can or don't know they should. But that's where I think the education needs to happen. Not just on coaching techniques, but on psychological coaching, the impact you have on kids, and where the, the, the barriers need to be. So once again, if you're a coach, I'd love to hear from you. Do you go through training for this? Is this the type of training you feel you should have? Do you feel it should become part of coaches', coaches education? I mean, I think it should be the first thing you should learn. When we work with young people, we impact them in so many ways. And I've seen it in my 41 years of work in my office. I've had many, many athletes. And Blake mentioned Simone Biles. I've had several gymnasts who I've, I've had in my office who've been abused, verbally abused by their coaches. And they've been scared to speak up for fear of not getting to compete. So this is an issue that we need to address. It's one we need to talk about. And like I said, if you're a coach, do you get training in barriers with athletes, sexual barriers, emotional barriers, mental health barriers? Do you get trained about psychological guidance? If you are an athlete, have you been abused before by a coach? And were you too scared to speak up? Or did you speak up? Did you say something? like to hear from you as well this is an issue that's out there and like i said why isn't it talked about fear i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs this is the sports psychology hour this is the sports psychology hour this is the sports psychology hour Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports, and today's topic is the issue of coaching abuse in light of the National Women's Soccer League North Carolina team firing their coach, Paul Riley, last week, being accused of abusive behavior, sexual behavior with athletes on the team. And it says the North Carolina Courage have terminated head coach Paul Riley effective immediately following very serious allegations of misconduct. The Courage support the players have come forward, and we commend them for bravery sharing their stories. North Carolina Football Club is united together in our commitment to creating a safe, positive, and respectful environment, not only within our club but across the league and our great sport. As previously stated, players and staff are encouraged to report any inappropriate behavior in accordance with NWSL policy as we prioritize efforts to maintain the highest professional standards of conduct throughout our organization. And 
two players, Sinead Fairley and Mena Shem, claim Riley's behavior went on with multiple teams and leagues since 2010. Eleven years of this. Eleven years. Fairley told newspaper that Riley gave her special attention throughout her rookie season, buying her drinks at the bar and telling her she was beautiful after one heavy night of drinking. He coerced her into his hotel room where they ended up having sex. I felt under his control. Fear. Fear of speaking up. Fear of not getting to play. Fear of not being on the team. Fear of being cut. Fear of being traded. Fear of being released. That's a fear with professional athletes. And then, at the collegiate and youth sport level, there's a fear you won't get to play anymore. You're done. So what do we do? What do you do as an athlete when you feel you have a coach who's being abusive, verbally, mentally, psychologically, physically, sexually, whatever it might be? How do you get the strength to speak up? Well, I think that starts, first of all, with education. Like I said earlier, I think there need to be better educational programs. And I'm going to get one of the program directors that puts one of these programs on on this show in the next few weeks. I'm going to find one of the directors of one of these programs nationally and get them on this show about how they're training coaches. What are they doing? And what are they? And what's not being done? You know, if you if you coach youth sports, you can just be a parent because the team needs a coach, needs somebody to help coach the kids. You played softball, you played soccer, you played baseball, you played basketball. We'll all help out, and that's great. But does that mean you know how to talk to them, how to treat them, how to handle them? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. That's why I feel there needs to be better education. And if you've listened to this show, you know I've talked about the role mental health has in sport forever. I've been on the air 30 years. I've been talking about this forever. And I've shared how many times I've been told that that I'm full of it because I talk about this stuff. You're talking about weak people, Doc. Come on. got to toughen up. We don't need people like you around. Well, now, You know, when I started 41 years ago, I was one of the first trained sports psychologists in this country. People didn't want to hire me, hire anyone like me, because they saw it as a sign of weakness. They saw it as a sign, oh, come on, you don't have to talk about things. Come on, you're not weak. Got to be strong. Got to be tough. Well, guess what? Tough people have feelings, too. Tough people deal with issues, too. And tough people sometimes are scared to speak up because they're scared of what might happen. This fear. So if this show helps one person today, we've accomplished something to get you to speak up. If something's going on, if you if forget being an athlete, just a person. But if you're being abused by your boss, by your teacher, by your coach, by your by your parents, whatever. You've got to speak up. This is the sports psychology hour. So we talk about sports on this show. We talk about competition on this show we talk about integrity we talk about winning and losing the importance of sportsmanship but we talk about fear and that's what this is about today it's about the fear the this stuff was going on with this paul riley for for 11 years 11 years 
he was let go from several jobs. But you didn't hear this brought up. And now all of a sudden it's coming out. All these people are saying this stuff about him. Why was he able to get by with this for 11 years? Systemic abuse plagues sports. It's plagued the NWSL. And I've worked with several players throughout my career, professional players who've talked about being abused by coaches. Verbally abused. Verbal abuse happens all the time. Oh, come on, I can I can take it. I can be tough. It it pumps it pushes me. Well, a good coach is a good psychologist. A good coach understands their athletes. And a good coach understands how far you can push an athlete and then where's the point you have to let go? Where's the point you have to say, hey, I gotta back off? I'm gonna push him as hard as I can to get something out of him, but I gotta stop. Blake, you wanna comment on that? Yeah, well I just have a I have a question for you, Dr. Jacobs. For as somebody who's been in the professional arena, especially in the psych- psychological arena for so long, and, and one of the first people, if not the first person, to ever do it on such a high level, what what do you think? Why do you personally think that this has been allowed to happen? What is what is it that allows? Because it's not just like the coach knew about it. I mean, there, people know about it. You have you have you go back all the way to one of the biggest scandals of the of the two of the two thousands with the Jerry Sandusky and the Penn State whole issue. What do you think is the driving cause or really the driving reason of why people who may not even be the ones doing the abuse, but they know about it? Why do you think it's allowed to happen? There's there's a couple things, Blake, and that's a great question to ask. Number one, I've mentioned several times, fear. Fear of speaking up, fear of exposing yourself to criticism or ridicule or questions. You don't want to talk about it. It's embarrassing. You don't want to say something happened to me or to a friend because it's an embarrassing thing to talk about. Second, there's there's the whole thing of having to, to validate it, to prove it. And a lot of people are scared to do that. You can't prove it. And then there's there's the whole control issue. A coach has control over a team, over the athletes to a certain degree. How much time they get to play, whether they get to play, where they get to play, when they get to play. And so, consequently, you're going to sit there and be scared of, of standing up to that person. I, I, I could go on and on and on for hours with all the people I've worked with throughout my career who've been scared to speak to coaches. Not, not, not just about abuse, but about getting to play, about how they're being treated, things like that. It happens all the time. I mean, throughout my career with, with all these professional teams and Olympic teams, I can't tell you how many athletes I brought into coaches' offices to talk with a coach about different things. And, of course, most of the teams I've been with, I've been there because the coach wanted somebody like me there. And, in fact, one of the best people I ever worked with was Trey Hillman, Royals manager. Trey encouraged me to get players to talk to him. John Wathen, the Royals manager in 1990, when I was one of the first full-time sports psychologists in baseball, a former player. Duke said to me, Andy, get guys to come talk to me. Bring them into my office. I brought three guys into his office with me. He didn't want to talk to him, but I said he wants to talk to you. I encourage players to go talk with him, but they're scared to. They're scared about maybe being told something they don't want to hear, scared about being told something they don't want to know. Fear, Blake, It's a, a lot of it's about fear. Fear, because if you, if you report 
or you expose something going on that shouldn't be going on, then you're you're in the limelight. You've got to talk about it. You're forced to have to deal with it. And it's a scary thing. That's why Larry Nasser was able to get away with what he did for so long. That's why this Paul Riley guy, who should never coach anybody again. He should okay, be in jail. He should be in jail. Okay? He shouldn't be allowed. But here he is. He's been coached for 11 years that's been going on. Finally, some people got brave enough to speak up after this has been going on long enough. I mean, coaches want to push their athletes to get the most out of them. But that's where they have to be a good psychologist with the athletes to understand their limits and where they can push them and how far they can go. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. And we've talked today, or I've been talking with Blake about coaching abuse in light of the firing of Paul Riley, the coach for the North Carolina Courage in the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. We're talking about coaching abuse. Today, our shows are taped and, and recorded. Today's World Mental Health Day, by the way. And it's only appropriate I'm bringing this stuff up. You know, look, our show is rebroadcast in a number of cities throughout the country. It's podcasted everywhere. The reason I do this show is to help you deal with things. I'm far from perfect. I screw up a lot. I make mistakes. You can ask my kids, ask my fiance. She'll tell you that. Not not that much, though. But anyway, that's why she's my fiance. But anyway, here's the point. In sports, we play to compete, to have fun, to see what you can do, to see what you're about. It's, it's an expression physically, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually of what you're about. And if you are an athlete, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you in an elite level athlete. You want to push yourself as far as you can. And you need coaches, trainers, sports psychologists, support systems to help you get through it. You can't do it alone. You've got to have a, system, a support system. At some point, you've got to have somebody helping you, guiding you, directing you. That trust level with that person is so damn important because you have to let let yourself go to that person and believe that person is there to help you be the best you can. But when you have someone who goes over the edge, that person has issues, has problems, and probably a sick person psychologically. The fact that this came out, this is the, the fourth coach in this league this year who's either been fired or, or, or removed. There are 10 teams in the league. I believe there's 10 teams in the league. It's 40%. How in the world can that be happening? How in the world have they had four coaches be let go? And I believe they're all male, coaching females. I mean, I've, I've been around female coaches who've been abusive just as much as male coaches. It's not, it's not a male or female issue. It's an issue for everybody. But if you are an athlete and you listen to these podcasts, you listen to our show, and you have something going on, 
with a coach who's gone over the edge with you. It could be emotionally. It could be physically. It could be sexually. You've got to speak up. You've got to have someone to talk to. Don't be scared to do it. Because in the long run, if you do, down the road, your confidence will go way the heck up. You will feel better about yourself because you know what? You will not have helped yourself. You will have helped somebody else who that person could have gone after. Blake, you want to comment on that? Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things, just, just from doing this show with you for so long, I think one of the biggest things that, and maybe we don't say this enough, because we're, we're always focused on one topic and, you know, sometimes you stand so close to the barn door you don't see the wall in front of you. The biggest thing that I think listeners need to get out of these these this show every week is this. Not only different ways to handle your mental health and, and for coaches to be listening, but as a player and and as an adult and as a child, if you see something that you're uncomfortable with, the only way it's ever going to be fixed, the only way it's ever going to be addressed and fixed is if you stand up and say something, whether that's uh, uh, through um, abusive coaching, whether that's through sexual issues, whether that's from issues that you just have interpersonally with your coaching staff that could be you know, not as severe, but just you have to stand up and say something. And I think that's the bottom line that, that I, I think that you try to convey with this show is you have to speak up, even though it might be hard, even though your job might be on the line, even though the ridicule might be on the line. You have to say something, because if not, it will never change. Well, it's it's scary, Blake. It's scary oh, to come me, out I and know. say, hey, I was abused. I was hurt. I was harmed. And I and I didn't and I let it happen. Exactly. It's, it's, people are scared. To I do know it, it shows they're a sign of weakness there. It's a sign. I'm not strong enough. I know. I would my, like to my, say, if anything, when you do come out, and I know that it is scary. I've I, I've had an issue with a coach, and we've talked about it on the show before. But I I had to eventually address it with that coach, and I was shaking in my boots when I tried. But the strength that you feel as a player when you finally do address it totally overcomes any type of weakness. I, I promise you, anybody listening out there, it will overcome any type of weakness you might feel or any type of inner sadness that you feel that, oh, I, I feel vulnerable. It will it will make you feel better to address it. You know, here, here's the thing. I, I am a psychologist, and my expertise is as a sports psychologist. That's what I do. And... I've screwed up a lot in my career. I know I've made mistakes. We all do. But when, when something goes wrong, we talk about it, we discuss it. And I went through an ugly divorce years ago. I was hurt very badly. I, I had to deal with my own emotions and my feelings and my fears. And it wasn't easy. And I raised my two sons basically by myself after that. And it was hard. Okay. I had to look in the, in, inside myself and deal with who I was. You know, we all go through a lot of ugly things in our lives, but you've got to face it and confront it. And if you don't, if you don't, that stuff carries on with you. These women who brought this stuff up about this, this soccer coach, God love them because they had the guts to speak up. And I'm sorry they didn't do it sooner, but thank God they finally did it. So if, if you're listening to this show and you feel you have been a victim of abuse by your coach, let's say sports psychology show, by your coach, by your teacher, by anybody, but 
specifically in sports with your coach, you've got to find a way to speak up. Give me a call. Talk to me about it. Go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. Give me a call at my office, 816-561-5556. Try to help guide you where to go. You've got to speak up about this stuff. Like I said, my youngest son, Gregory's coach, when he swam, was doing this and nobody knew about it. And here's the thing. It was right under my eyes, too. He was the nicest guy. Everybody loved this guy. But he had this dark side to him that we found out about. It was it was devastating. But the young lady that he tried to have sex with, at, I think she was 15, 14 or 15, she was smart enough, brave enough, strong enough. When he sent her a very provocative email, showed it to her parents, they did something about it. They spoke up. And God loved those people because they probably saved some other young girls for some stuff that could have happened to them. So you've got to speak up about this. Our shows are rebroadcast throughout the week. They're podcasted today happens to be World Mental Health Day. And part of that is about dealing with who you are, how you feel. So if you are in sports, and you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're an official, you're dealing with somebody who's not treating you properly, dealing with somebody who's being abusive to you, verbally, physically, You've got to speak up to someone. You've got to find a way to speak up to a teammate, to a parent, to an assistant coach, to a league official. Let someone know what's going on. Like I said, Blake, the biggest reason people don't say things is fear. Fear of embarrassment, fear of being exposed, fear of being weak. It's not fear. It's it, it, it's not weak. Excuse me. It's not weakness. It's strength. When you do that, you are strong. You are more strong, stronger. You are stronger. That's inappropriate English there. You are stronger than someone who doesn't speak up. It's a sign of strength. You know, I'm here every week talking about different topics on this show. But in light of what's been going on in the Women's Pro Soccer League with the abuse, this is bringing up something that people have got to talk about. So I won't stop talking about this on this show. I will bring it up again and again and again. And I'd love to hear from you. If this is something going on you don't want to talk about on the air, you want to give me a call at my office. Once again, my number is 816-561-5556. If you feel you've been verbally, physically abused by a teammate, by a coach, speak up. By anybody, speak up. But in the world of sports, you can't be scared to speak up. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope I've helped someone. I felt we've helped one person out today, Blake. We did our job. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs here every week. As I said, you can reach me at 816-561-5556. That's my office number. My website is winnersunlimited.com. You can send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at drj sports psych. Our shows are podcasted all over. You can also get them through my website, winnersunlimited.com. Tell people about this show. Get people to listen to it. Let's hope we help somebody out today. Take care. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. 